Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Central Virginia Fishing Report with Ethan Martin at Tail Teller's Fly Shop. How you doing, Ethan? I'm doing great today. How are you doing today? Just trying to stay out of trouble. How's the beach treating you? Oh, I'm enjoying life. I was. We decided to take a little family getaway for kiddo number three uh, arrived in July, and so we thought, well, we need to need to get out there as quick as we can. <laughs> so we we sped off for the week and uh, been just doing some surf fishing, you know, the normal stuff uh, when you go and just sit on a beach with nobody else around. Yeah, that's a very smart thing because I suspect, you know, as I always say, you know, each incremental kid, it's not like two kids is twice the work. It's like three or four times the work. So three kids is going to be the uh, a game changer for you. Yeah, yeah. What am I getting myself into, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. And so It's you, okay. I, I like my kids. <laughs> there you go. And so, you know, this time of year in the Mid-Atlantic, we've kind of gotten our first real shot of hot weather. It's going to cool off here in a few days for the holiday weekend, but it's been pretty dry, even though we're going to get a little bit of rain. So, you know, what are you seeing on the trout streams and what are you seeing for smallmouth? Right now, it's pretty much just been, if you smallmouth fish, you're going to be happy. If you are out there looking for trout, you're okay right now, but it's not going to be much longer that you're going to be able to hang in there. And that's going to be due primarily to water levels and then increasing temperature with the summer. Um, this has been a, a pretty dry, so far, pretty dry, like spring. And I mean, it's not technically summer yet, I guess, for another little bit. But um, like I was looking at some stuff last night and what i was seeing was basically this has been the driest uh season that we've had or the driest time we've had since like 2006 um so where that impacts is going to be the the smaller trout streams like any of our high elevation streams they're just basically going to become a trickle um and so you know that's not fishable and what's what's kind of unique about it being so dry this time of the year is actually the, the temperatures on them aren't bad um they're you know, theoretically, they're fine to fish because they they haven't been in the 70s. They haven't even been in high 60s, the ones that I've been to and have gauged. Um, so it's a little peculiar. Um, I was kind of shocked. <laughs> it's just so unusual. Um, I mean, the past five to like 10 years, uh, probably 10 years. Yeah, I mean, it, we just we haven't had this problem. It's, we've always gotten rain. Um, it's beginning of the summer and or in spring and it's pretty much consistently wiped out the smallmouth population on our bigger rivers. We've had bad spawns. Uh, and then, you know, our brook trout streams have been doing great until August, later in August. So yeah, it's definitely a, it's been a weird year um, in terms of that stuff for the trout. So it's, it's been good, you know, on the flip side, it's been good for the smallmouth. So it is good that we finally um, got a spawn, a successful spawn. Um, where we should get a, a pretty good year class uh, of those fish that'll stay in the river and create um, future fishing populations. But for this year, you know, it's, it'll be it'll be an interesting one, especially as we continue into the summer. Uh, yeah. Seeing how low everything is going to get if we don't get substantial amounts of rain. Yeah, which we probably aren't. And so, you know, on the trout front, what that means is, you know stealthy approach light longer leaders and lighter tackle right yeah that's that's pretty much what you can always tell yourself if it's low and clear you're going to need to be going lighter and usually smaller um if you're thinking smallmouth that's still pretty much the case is we end up going with 
uh, wider tippets and longer leaders, as annoying as that could be. Um, but you know that you're just with a fly rod, you're always concerned about uh, stealth and approach and the fly line flailing over the top of the water and how you can minimize that. And you shouldn't, or at least you should try not to cast a fly line over fish, but that's not always doable. Like I've, I've been out on the river before and, and watched fish spook um, when they saw the, the fly line flailing back and forth. And we were, you know, way off them. And the only explanation I have for a couple of those times, and this is last year towards the end of the year, is that they just had to have been seeing the fly line, even though we were way off the fish. And I had a really short leader that day, and I didn't feel like adding it because I was being lazy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's, it's going to be uh, focused on the casting because it's going to be pretty important this year because um, if you can't cast a longer leader, then you're going to have struggles. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. And the good news is with it, you know, like you said, uh, one hand giveth, the other hand taketh away. On the smallmouth front, you know, we're getting lower and clear, but it also probably means that the smallmouth are turning on to topwater a little bit earlier than usual. Yeah, for sure. And what that's looked like for most of the people that have been out after them has been an active retrieve of some sort of popper. So um, either that is a bait fish style uh, pattern or a frog. And the frogs, I mean, I if I had one thing, I really love fishing frogs for smallmouth. And it's those, the ones I've been using is just the umqua diving frog. I mean, they're not cheap. Um, but they, they if, you, if you do them right, they do last a long time. Um, but I usually, like, dip the whole thing in some of that, like, soft head glue that Loon makes. Um, and then, like, UV coat the bottom. And it makes them always, like, land properly and then they they last a lot of fish so yeah they're like nine bucks or something like that but it's a lot of fun you know one one time you watch a fish one time come up and obliterate that thing and it's worth every penny (laughs) (laughs) well there you go we've got a question from ed and ed wanted to uh get kind of your detailed uh smallmouth leader formulas and setups for fishing uh top water and fishing subsurface if I, if I was breaking down the leaders that I use for smallmouth, most of the time I have three different styles of leaders um, in my little kit bag that I have. And um, the first one is just like if I – we call it like a dead drift popper. I mean, that's, that's what it's written <laughs> on a little like mask tape on the outside of the bag. I put it in. Um, but that's a longer leader. So if I'm just like dead drifting poppers, and I'm not doing any sort of active retrieve on them or anything like that. Uh, I'm usually using like eight or nine foot leader um, and with the option of always going longer. So when we get like really clear, I don't have any problems with throwing uh, an extra foot or even two foot on the thing and making it like 10 foot long leader, which is stupid long. It's really annoying to cast. Um, No way around that one. But what those ones typically... The, the tip size, or basically like the end size of that, is between 12 and, and 16 pounds. Um, 12 being my preferred, especially, you know, like a year like this year, um, 12 pounds is plenty to, to land you the fish, um, but it's not so thick that it's, it's difficult to, or like a fish could see it, or it's difficult to get a true dead drift. So that's what, always what you're playing with when you get um, really heavy size leaders. Um, so the, the way that one would taper down, um, 
you know, you could get a prepackaged if you wanted to. You know, SA makes a great leader. Uncle makes a great bass leader. Um, but if you wanted to tie your own, I usually start with either 30 or 40 pounds butt section. Um, so, like, let's say on a on the casting style dead drift leader, I would have a three-foot uh, butt section. So, the three-foot is either going to be 30 or 40 pounds, depending on what time of the year it is. Like, if it's late into to summer or like you know kind of like the beginning of fall when you get those really windy days the top water is still fishing well then i like to go with the heavier butt section and the reason for that is because the heavier you go the easier it's going to be to unfurl or basically for your fly to uh land where you want it to um but on a normal summer day 30 pound is what i'm going to be using so i'd have like three foot of 30 pound then i would do like two foot of 25 pound so at that point already you're at five foot and then i'm going to taper down from my 25 and i will go like a foot of 20 pound a foot of um 15 pound and then you can do two foot of the 12 pound or uh, as much as you want just to kind of get enough of that tip it to where you're not chopping off one or two flies and then immediately you have to tie on a whole new section um, cause you're running into that blood knot or whatever. Um, so that, that's going to be the one that I kind of play around with to get to the eight to 10 foot range anywhere in there. And the two things where I usually change on that is the butt section by making that longer or more stiff. Um, and if you make it more stiff, you know, then you've got to adjust how you taper down. If that makes sense. Um, but most common 30 pound butt section. And again, this is, you know, leader design is where everybody gets into the weeds on fly fishing, but you know that's that's why we're here, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, when it comes to the active retrieve style topwater game, so like throwing the unforeseen frogs, um, a lot of times I'm just taking like a 16 pound leader out of the pack and just a normal monofilament and going with that. Uh, I don't usually use fluorocarbon on my active retrieve poppers. And the reason for that is because they get enough dive usually out of just using straight mono um, where you don't have to add fluorocarbon. Um, so if you don't know anything about the difference between fluorocarbon and mono for you know, whoever's listening, uh, fluorocarbon is more dense than monofilament. And so it's going to be a little more uh, hardy, like it's going to last longer. It's going to be a little better overall um, in terms of, you know, if you're fighting toothy fish, that sort of thing. Um, but it does sink. And so if you're using a, let's say, just like a game changer popper sort of style thing, which I like those, they're pretty cool. Um, and they do really well, usually this time of year, like May, early June, before the, the annual cicadas start showing up. Um, so if I'm doing that, right in the packet, usually it's a, an 8-foot, 16-pound leader. That's what I like to use. Um, if you're making the leader yourself, then again, I would use 30 pound, do three foot, 30 pound butt section, uh, then do two foot of your 25 pounds. So that's putting you right there at five foot. And then I'm going to add uh, a foot each uh, of, or even eight inches. So you can play around with the, the tippet. But let's say uh, a foot of your 20 pound. So now you're at six foot, a foot of your uh, 16 pound, or I'm at now with my math. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm sitting in a car in a parking lot, so that's where my math. The guy just walked by with uh, an awesome hairdo, so 
I got distracted. I'm sorry, Mark. That's all good. <laughs> uh, okay, let me back up. So, I would say do uh, three foot of 30-pound butt section. Then we're going to do two foot of your 25-pound section that's going to be tapering to the 30. So, right there, we're at five foot. Uh, and then we'll add a foot increment until you get to whatever your last section is. So, if I'm ending it on 16 pounds, um, like maxima or whatever, then I'm going to make that section usually be two foot long. Um, so the reason that I do that again is the same one on the other style. That way, if you chop off a couple of flies, you're not automatically into a knot. Um, and then if I'm throwing streamers, I, I don't usually taper my own streamer leaders, um, and for small mouth. And the reason for that is because I don't like having 50 different types of fluorocarbon in the boat. So most of the times, if I'm throwing a, a floating line, which I do pretty much all summer, unless I throw an immediate, but um, on a floating line, I'm going to take a 9-foot, 16-pound fluorocarbon leader, and that's what I'm going to do for pretty much all of my subsurface. So like throwing clawed ads, throwing uh, game changers, anything like that. Uh, and the reason is I like the fluorocarbon because it does sink, like I was talking about earlier. Um, and so if you're throwing a 9-foot section, it's not as easy to cast for sure um but you can cast it uh, with a little bit of practice and it's gonna sink enough to where it's just a foot maybe even two foot under the water which is super helpful um when you're at this time of the year when the water is not very deep um so yeah that's that's pretty much how i run everything is i'll make my own for the top water stuff or just like normal mono but as soon as you get into the fluorocarbon world I don't mess around too much with doing my own tapers or anything. Um, just because it is, it gets expensive. I mean, fluorocarbon is 15 bucks a spool almost. Um, and so the, the ones of those that I'm using is the scientific anglers, absolute fluorocarbon leaders, um, stiffer fluorocarbon than like trout size stuff. Um, and, and they work great. I mean, I, I like them. <laughs> yeah. And just to back up for folks on your, when you're building your own, are you using Maxima Chameleon? And if you are, are you, as you get down to the skinnier tapers, are you switching over to kind of what you would call kind of more traditional? Uh, I know it's uh, going to be, um, you know, probably like zero X or something. Yeah. The difference, I, I actually end up using uh, Maxima Clear most of the time. So the Chameleon is like the brown sort of color. Um, it's like a tannic look to it almost. And I, I use that when I'm doing like European nymphing, that sort of stuff. So you can see it visibly. Um, but most of my small mouth leaders that I fish, I end up doing, um, just clear. And with the exception, I was playing around with this some of the past two years of adding like a cider with amnesia, um, which is kind of interesting. I'm, I'm still seeing if I like it or not, but, um, when the water was higher, like the past two years, and we were throwing more clawdads and stuff, I was basically adding where you can get like 16 or 20 pound uh, amnesia, which is a colored monofilament, like uh, a cider, basically. Um, so green or red, and kind of throwing that towards the back half of the leader. And it, it actually worked really well. Um, but it's a little more soft than Maxima Clear, so it kind of puts a hinge in the leader. So basically, like, casting's not quite as beautiful as it could be, but you can catch fish, so... You can play around that. I don't think we're going to have to do it much this year with the clear water already, um, but it's always an option. <laughs> yeah, and I would t say, folks, too, like I wouldn't sweat it if you don't have Maxima, but I think the important thing probably to take away from it is 
you know, Ethan's talking about fishing a, a stiffer, a stiffer mono, right? So, um, yeah. Maxima is a lot stiffer than Stren, for example, right? And so yep. there's yep. nothing wrong with it, but for energy transfer, just know that you want to probably look at using, um, stiffer or what sometimes people call hard mono. Yeah, that, that's absolutely it. So basically the more of that energy from the fly line that you can capture and force into the fly, the better it's going to cast. So most of the small mass flies that we're throwing are bigger. You know, what we'd say like even a size four woolly bugger, you, which is, would be a very basic small mass fly. Um, but it's something that it requires more force to get it out to wherever you're trying to go. So the two main factors that are going to help you with the casting of those bigger flies, uh, one is just practice, you know, let's just say that's like sub point to that. But if you, if you're not practicing and you just go out and try and wing these giant game changers, you're probably going to lose them. Um, so make sure you practice. But the two, two things that I focus on a lot is the fly line makes a world of a difference. And then the leader makes a huge difference as well. Uh, fly line, I think is number one in terms of getting it out there. But, um, it like the bass bug SA line, that line, I love that thing. You can just launch whatever the heck you want across the James, which is super nice. Um, but then yeah, using a stiffer leader is, is super helpful. So, um, Anytime you see like a, a material or a monofilament that says like hard or like you said, um, stiff, you know, that, that's what matters. And a shop or, you know, whoever is going to be able to help you with that. Maybe not at Walmart, but <laughs> if you go to the uh, fly shop, they'll be able to help you with that. Yeah, absolutely. And let me uh, get you out of the Piggly Wiggly parking lot at the beach. Uh, (laughs) and let you get back to your family. Why don't you let folks know uh, where the shop's located in Lynchburg and ours and all that kind of good stuff? Yeah, so right now we're in downtown Lynchburg on Commerce Street. Um, So you can come and see us anytime. Well, not me right now. You can just see Caleb or River or Braden. (laughs) Um, But if you can't make it down to the shop, you know, you can always give us a phone call, shoot us an email, uh, look whatever product we have up online. Um, at tailtellersva.com. Uh, another way that a lot of people get in contact with us is through Instagram, and it's the same uh, Instagram handle as our website, which is tailtellersva, uh, like Virginia, uh, .com. And so any of those ways are pretty easy to get in contact with us. I'd say we're pretty easy to get in contact with, uh, especially, you know, I could be at the beach and I've been answering emails um, in the evening so my wife doesn't kill me, but... You know, I've been uh, being able to help people, and so yeah, it's cool. Well, there you go. Well, listen, folks, we got a long weekend coming up. You owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Ethan. Tight lines.